He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, November 7, 2023. Halloween was already a week ago, which is amazing. I hope your week is off to a great start, and I hope you had a fine weekend in the past. You can tell from the ambient sound, the ambient noise of the recording, that I'm headed home from Barrio X Brewing. Barrio X Brewing, my Monday night spot for an open mic in San Diego, California. And if you're a comic in San Diego and you're not doing Barrio X, let me just be (laughs) uh, the first to live in your city for three weeks or whatever it is and say, you're not doing comedy right. (laughs) What I know is Barrio X is great for me and I am grateful for it. It's very close to my house. Uh, The host and I now seem to have an emerging relationship and I recognize one of two bartenders. It's kind of coming together for me at Barrio X. I'm putting in the work. Here's how great it was tonight. I parked and I'm walking up and a comic who, whose name I don't know says, hey, Joe Smith, you're on deck. I was like, all right, man, thank you. And I didn't know I was on the list. I didn't sign up. I didn't message anybody. He just said, you're on deck. All right, maybe you just knew that uh, the guy on stage was supposed to be the last guy. I guess probably that's what he knew. So I came in, I said to the host, you got time? And he goes, yeah, you're last, and you can do as you can go as long as you want, is what he said. You can go as long as you want. I was like, that's the most flattering thing. It's an open mic at Barrio X. It's the most, it's the best thing that's happened. It's the most flattering thing that's happened. And so I did 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm working. I'm working, comics. I'm trying to get this stuff together. It's challenging, as you know, to not have real audiences to try this stuff out in front of. But there was real audience there tonight. There were at least two couples. There were 10 people in the room until five guys came in and talked loudly at the end of my set when I was talking about my my dog George Banks the dog trying to mount my daughter working on a little bit about that my, do- my daughter said Georgie tried to hug me like oh no sweetheart it's pronounced hump that's different you hug someone that you love you hump someone you just met working on that anyway was, there, were, there were civilians in there at Barrio X and by the way if yes I mentioned the noise that you're hearing in the background that's me driving down uh, San Diego City Street, which is not as bad as an Atlanta City Street, but it's still pretty bad. A lot of uh, bumps and bruises. Anyway, I'm starting this podcast on the way home, and I'm going to finish it because I, I need to confer with my wife, and I don't want to need to just say hello to my wife. I don't mean like, like, good morning, you know, like... <laughs> Good morning. Huh? That one didn't even work. You know, like a real creepy good morning? Or like a real creepy answer to the phone where you go, Hey. Where you go, Hey. Like, just say hello, okay? Don't say, Hey. <laughs> but I'll do it to my wife every once in a while. I'll go, Oh, good morning. <laughs> As we're making coffee and preparing the girl for the day. I'm going to confer with her. I'm going to 
hang out is what we'll probably do. We're going to hang out and take a look at this show, which I will not hit that rabbit, which I will review maybe a little more in depth at some time. This show Yellowstone with Kevin Cosner. Uh, you know about it and all that. So I'm going to finish the podcast on Tuesday morning, and it's not going to matter to you, but the podcast is not, I mean, it will matter, but you won't know it until you get it. The podcast will be airing, dropping up online, accessible at noon Eastern on Tuesday, a full seven hours after it should be up. So I I apologize to my early listeners, and I know from looking at the the data that I get that a... uh, a good group of people listens, seems to listen to the podcast right when it comes out, which is flattering to me. And uh, you won't have access to this unless I give you this and then just add on to the rest of it and make you come back later. No, what I should do is make a post, put it online. The podcast will be out. Uh, yeah, that's what it should be. I didn't do my homework is what it should say. And I'm going to finish it in the morning before school. So the podcast, I'll pick this up in the morning and... Uh, because I'm already home. Can you believe that? Uh, so I'll, I will uh, finish it up in the morning. Welcome back to the Getting My Act Together podcast. It's the following day. It's the day. It's six hours after the podcast should have been out. And I apologize, like I said, to the early adopters, the early listeners, for not having had the podcast recorded and online accessible to you when it was meant When it was not meant, it's meant to be coming out whenever you get it. But you know what I'm saying? I apologize. Just uh, my life unfolds the way it does. Last night, I made a decision to, when I returned from Barrio X Brewing, to uh, connect. Like, just hang out is the word. (laughs) I keep using confer, connect, come together. With my wife, and uh, we just sat there and watched this TV show for a little while called Yellowstone. That is, uh, it's interesting. It's kind of good. I feel, <clears throat> how do I, I'm not going to give you an in-depth review of it. Of course, it's, you know, came out like four or five years ago, so I'm late to the game. And I realize why are we watching it? You know why? Because somebody gave us their password to Peacock. <laughs> we don't own NBC Peacock or whatever channel that is but i know somebody gave it to me for a gave me the code for a soccer game a long time ago because uh nbc and the premier league after uh utilizing us halfway enthusiastic soccer fans uh gaining our uh increased interest in the english premier league took all of the soccer and put it behind various paywalls which I guess is the new way of watching TV or watching entertainment or sports. I don't know. I don't really understand it. I don't understand how to watch TV. I don't understand. There are certain things I would like. I'd like to watch. I'd like to get the local news. I'd like to find out what's going on in my city at times. And not just like there's a shooting, shooting, stabbing, stabbing, shooting, shooting. I'm sorry. Talking more about when I lived in Atlanta. Not that San Diego was without that. I like a little local news. I like here there's a sewage spill that you should be aware of that's that's uh, polluting the Coronado State Beach and you might not want to go body surf there. I don't know how to watch TV. I uh, watch it through YouTube TV if I want to watch live TV. Am I, am I doing that correctly, kids? They took all the soccer. They took my beloved West Ham United 
right around the time they started to become interesting. And I mean, you know, interesting, like, will they stay up? Will they not stay up? <laughs> now, when they started to be better, when they started to be like a top 12, top 15 team. And for the non-soccer fans, the casuals, the, uh, the top 15 sounds a lot better than it is. It sounds great until you realize there are only 20 teams in the Premier League. In any case, I hate to be diverted here. Somehow or another, I ended up with a, pa a name, a username, and a password for NBC Peacock. And that enables me to watch Yellowstone, I suppose. So thank you. I don't watch, I can't watch soccer. And now that I'm on the West Coast, uh, the games start at, I don't know, 5 a.m. or something on Saturday morning, which incredibly is not all that long before I get up in this day and age. I get up every day at like 6.30 and I'm hallucinating because of it. The upside of that is I can sleep on a dime now. <laughs> I have achieved what I've always aspired to. I can close my eyes and be asleep in seconds. I'm like my sister who can who has the biggest brain in the world and goes 100 miles an hour and then just can switch off like a lamp, just close her eyes and be asleep and then wake up and get right back on the grind. She is very well adapted to the modern world. I told her once, if she ever hooks up with that Chinese kid who can see in the dark, they are going to be the perfect, uh, perfectly adapted uh, individual for the world that is unfolding before us. I have access to Yellowstone is what I'm trying to say. Also, I mentioned the 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 casual fan. I'm I've I have liked soccer, European soccer since I was a boy and I got to see the games like somehow in the 80s they would show just the most miserable looking conditions on either public access TV or some weird station out of LA. And you could see, uh, you know, Aston Villa playing Leeds on a Wednesday night or a Saturday night or whatever it was. And it was just, it was before the stadiums became all seaters before they reacted to hooliganism. And it was just like, wet, muddy, cold looking, and I was mesmerized by watching the soccer because I played soccer and the singing. Over time, I, through my uh, affection for punk rock and English punk rock, uh, understood the relationship between punks and soccer and anyway, my relationship with it. And then having traveled over there, having been to Italy, seeing soccer, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a super fan. I'm not a diehard. I don't know what's happening at all times with my teams. Atletico Madrid, Besiktas in Turkey, and West Ham United in uh, England. I don't know at all times. I have some knowledge. I'm, but I'm more than like, I don't know where I am. I'm not super fan, but I'm more than, uh, you know, hey, I saw a game on TV. I'm going to go buy a Messi jersey. You know, like I'm in between that. I'm not a neutral. I, I like I haven't informed why I, I would want Manchester City to lose, you know? Why I would want Newcastle to lose. 
I'm sensing a theme where you're against the oil-rich <laughs> countries that own these soccer clubs from winning. I don't know. I think it's weird. I think politics are weird because I was raised to believe foolishly that life is binary. You're either good or bad. And it's not like that in any case. Like, that's why I can't get my head around. Are we, who are we supporting here? All I want to say is this about casual fans, the neutral. I'm a neutral in Duke versus North Carolina, in Manchester City versus Manchester United, or Liverpool versus Manchester United. I want Liverpool to win. But I have a feeling, just sensing and feeling it out, that what is happening in the Middle East is, and as long as it continues, as merciless as it seems to be unfolding uh, and out of step with perhaps the chorus coming from across the globe. And I think you can call into account one country's actions without being an opponent of that country's people. You hear me say, how many times on this podcast have I said, fuck China, fuck Russia? I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about the people that run it and the militaries. You know what I mean? So I sense that the continued merciless, merciless seeming actions unfolding in the Middle East are probably pushing the neutral, right? The person who does not care who wins between Duke and North Carolina. Let's be honest. I always want Duke to lose. <laughs> like any good American. <clears throat> Excuse me. Toward the side of uh, one team. You know what I mean? That's what I sense. In any case, after my terrific time at Barrio X last night, I came back to watch some of this Yellowstone program. I told you I don't know how to watch TV. It's, it's hard to... I don't want to fucking talk about a goddamn TV show. I have, I'm not interested in it. <laughs> that was my honest moment, interested in talking about it. Uh, it's just the world in which we live. It's hard to just enjoy a piece of entertainment. Not like this podcast, which you can just listen to and maybe at times feel better about yourselves because you see the world so much more clearly than I do and it's, uh, the road is unfolded in front of you. When I say it's hard to watch something like Yellowstone, I don't even know what's going on with Kevin Cosner and the studios and divorces and lawsuits. I just see like headlines and Yellowstone creator and Cosner. I don't even know. And But what I do know is I am a middle-aged white dude in a increasingly not, in a world that doesn't necessarily favor I mean it favors us don't get me wrong but the world's not in love with a middle-aged white guy and I fucking get it and I'm watching a show uh, about a middle-aged or older than middle-aged white guy and a uh, made by a middle-aged white guy I'm, I imagine that uh, I, I can't get around the context that it's yes yeah, a story about this white family that's out there and I don't know. What am I trying to say? Well, I'd like to see the native telling of this story. It seems interesting, compelling, fast-moving, at times simplistic. Uh, the dialogue sometimes, as I told my wife, rings a little. Maybe that's just how cowboys talk, where everything they say should go on like a Hallmark card. And, of course, all the characters, in quotation marks, are hard men, hard people, uh, tough people, tougher than, than, than I probably am. 
but there are some good plot lines. That's what can you say? And how, you know, how can you have how can you quarrel with Kevin Costner? I don't know. I just I can't. There's a context. I don't even. I haven't read about this show. I know that I, I just see headlines going by, writer strike, Yellowstone, Cosner, the show creator. I don't really know what's happening out there. But I can't escape the fact. You know, I can't do. I can't get into it all the way. The 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 context is around it. Like that's Kevin Cosner. That's not some mafia kingpin. You know what I mean? That's. Guy's going through a divorce. <laughs> I can't, I can't, sus- I can't suspend. What do you have to do? Suspend reality? That's what I can't do. It's very good. Like I said, there's some good, interesting plot lines. It's also a show that is, I guess, like every show nowadays, populated by hyper unlikable, greedy people, which is maybe a reflection of the world, an accurate reflection. But again like Wall Street did for a generation ago. It's not showing these people as examples. It's like showing these, this is how you win. Be like these dirty, fucking greedy, violent people. And you know what? They're right. It is. I don't know how cowboys talk. I can't get out. The point is, I can't get out of my awareness that this is a TV show. Sure, I want to see what happens, kind of. I want to see what happens, but I'm trying to think of like, <clears throat> like Curb Your Enthusiasm feels like I'm in Larry David's life or some semblance of it. I, I can kind of get lost in it. I haven't watched that show in at least five years, maybe longer. Um, I can't get, uh, or, or uh, Breaking Bad, I felt immersed in that. I don't feel immersed in this. Maybe it's because of the size of Kevin Costner's celebrity. Maybe because there's times where I feel like it's a little simplistic. Maybe natives talk about, maybe, it's, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, is there a native? I wonder if there's a native person writing for the show. When I say native, I mean Native American, Indian. I think that would matter to me. I think I, I'd like to know that. I, no, we're talking about a TV show. Who gives a shit? You're driving to work or you're sitting at home or you're on the train, whatever. Just We're just having a casual chat. And uh, I'm probably just talking about my neuroses and not being able to turn off parts of my brain. Because there are times where the native lines almost seem hack from a comedic standpoint. Maybe this is how natives talk. I don't know. <clears throat> but it seems like every line is you stole our land and which is true right obviously and you know what we're, we're heating up i gotta take the sweatshirt off you know what i really should do sweatshirt is off what i really should do is figure out i don't if i were going to give you a measured complete understanding of this if this were a podcast where people did research and prepared what they were going to tell you i would find the source material, I would find out what generated it, I would find out who is writing on the show, who is responsible for the dialogue. When I say it's hack, it's all true, What uh, seemingly, right? 
what the native, but it, it seems like what the native perspective is, is you fucked us over and we're not happy about it. And we think about it every second, which I support fully. What I don't know is, is that like, is that the topic of every conversation, every single sentence say that? And maybe that's the point. The point is to make me wonder like, fuck, it's, it's really that bad. I mean, I know it's worse than that bad, right? It's fucking genocide. I, I know that. What I'm talking about is, is it really stated in every single sentence? And maybe it is. I don't know. It's kind of what I'm wondering. Or is it somebody who is empathetic to, or is it written by somebody who's empathetic to the native, to the genocide and the forced relocation? You know, like I, th- I realized this one time. Native tribes were marched from like where am I, I, is this a fucking comedy? Like, I, you've heard me talk about the Laughing Skull Lounge and the punchline in Atlanta. And if you draw a, a line from those two, between those two clubs, and then you circle and you can either get um, in the, uh, before it moved down to Hapeville, you could uh, include Uptown Comedy Theater, Uptown uh, Comedy Club, Comedy Theater, whatever. Uptown. You could have all of those, th- you could have all three of those clubs uh, draw a line or a triangle. And from that location were thousands of Native Americans marched, walked into the nothingness of Oklahoma, right? The Trail of Tears. I mean, bruh. And did we put that guy? Did we put that guy on a twenty dollar bill? Or was that someone different? In any case, the Trail of Tears like starts or started or much of it a, a big uh, tributary started right there where those comedy clubs were. What comedy clubs were? Those comedy clubs are. What am I talking about? Nothing. This is a fucking boring, weak ass podcast. And you know what? I own it. I'm out here on the mound. I see the manager over in the dugout. He's looking at me like, do you have anything? Can you dig down and give me two innings? And the answer is, I got you, Skip. I got you. Let me just put in a chaw, pull my hat down, tuck my gold ass chains into my shirt, stare in at the catcher, see the pitch clock counting down, and bring you some goddamn heat. That my flimsy, raggedy-ass arm doesn't know that it has in it. I don't give a shit about Yellowstone, but I'm out here, Skip. (laughs) What I do like is experiencing things with my wife. And so that's what led me to sit down last night when I got home with my wife and talk a little bit uh, and, and watch a little bit of Yellowstone. The context, how the natives speak, who writes it, none of that is really important to me. So I'm not going to invest myself too much further in it. If you have something you'd like to share about Yellowstone, or you know what, if you'd like the Peacock Password, email the podcast at yesjoesmith at gmail.com. I'm out here on the mound, (laughs) sweating, sweat pouring down my brow. I'm looking at home plate. There's an audience of podcast listeners just waiting for me to serve them something good and I'm 
scuffling around. You know what I need to do? I need to put a little Vaseline on the ball. Do I have any Vaseline ball? <laughs> I need to scuff it up, get, get some late movement on it. My daughter calls cuckoo clocks cocoon clocks. Cocoon clocks. She calls nerds the candy nerves. She said, are these nerves? Dada, will you show me a cocoon clock? And it's so unavoidably cute that I don't, is now, now it, that I don't correct her. Are these called nerves? Like, <laughs> when she asked directly, she didn't ask, is it called a cocoon clock? She said, will you show me some cocoon clocks? Uh, and I said, of course. My daughter also is obsessed with Waylon Jennings. <laughs> It's the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suit and big shiny cars. It's been the same way for years. If she asks me how do you say something, I will correct her. Or I gently guide her, right? Like she used to say, like, oh, mom deaded, deaded the, the roach. There was data. There was a roach and mama, mom deaded it. Baba deaded it. Which means killed it. This is a pitcher scuffing the ball. Putting some Vaseline on it. You know what? Thinking, uh, here, <clears throat> this is usually a pretty good pitch. Start talking about your four-year-old daughter. <laughs> you know what I'm doing? This is a comics equivalent of not doing well. And I'm not critiquing my own performance here. I'm just saying sometimes, you know, I, I don't have my best stuff. And the reason for that is I don't think I've been all that attentive to the world in the last four days since I spoke with you last. Maybe that's what it is. I've just sort of blissfully sailed along with my family and our little rituals. We have ritual, We have routines. I told you this. But I have not been paying too much attention to the broader enterprise of life since Friday. That's wild. And today is, is Tuesday. Well, that happens. But bringing my daughter into the conversation, the four-year-old, is equivalent to a comic who's not having a good set. Uh, then pausing to encourage everybody to give it up for the bartenders. <laughs> Which is a slippery slope to, you know, give it up to the troops. Give it up to every, give it up for all the moms. <laughs> give it up for anyone who's ever gone outside. It's, this is like a, it's like a Hail Mary. If you start, like one of my dogs wants to go out. The old Vaseline ball. I just let the dogs out. I'm back in. The... In, that, in the 90 seconds that I stepped away to let the dogs out, and I was reflecting on today's podcast and how if you pull the four-year-old daughter in, it's like giving it up for the troops. Give it up for God. Give it up for anything we all can agree on. Give it up for water. Give it up for shaking your ass to, hey, yeah, that kind of thing. It's just a Hail Mary from the stage. What I am going to do from now on is, which that is, you know, that's an obvious Hail Mary that other people will recognize. 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to, starting this moment, I'm not going to ever acknowledge if I think the podcast is not becoming that interesting because that's not, that's not good entertainment. <laughs> and it's also not being a good comic. Some of the best comics are bombing, but they'll never let on that they're bombing. It's, it's an interesting thing. When you're handed the microphone and entrusted with the attention of 80, 200, 500, 1,000 people, probably about as big of a group of people I've ever played for, you have to be the person in charge. You have to be compelling enough for them to listen to. They've given you, that's for the audience, they've given you their attention. There's, they don't have anything more valuable than their attention. Seriously, that's the most, our most, you know, I have a lyric, song lyric, you can look it up online. Joe Smith and the Going Concern, the song is called Los Angeles. If the most precious resource is attention, that's what I say in the song, I'm quoting myself. You have to be in charge. And the best comics, it's an interesting thing, could be bombing, but they never let on. So the crowd is almost tricked into thinking maybe they're not bombing, right? You're kind of like looking around like, is this feels like a bomb. But the comic on stage, I'm not talking about someone just plowing through, getting louder and faster. I'm talking about someone just sitting in the bomb, which is what I'm trying to settle into doing right now as I talk about it. So this is all growth for me. And that's, that's sincere. You sit in the bomb and you own the bomb to yourself, but you don't really let on to the crowd. There are times where, you know, you can be having a good time and acknowledge something went sideways and be right back on the beam. That's a way of sort of having candor with the audience. You know, junior comics, junior in their career comics are, are usually a little quick to say, oh, y'all didn't like that or you don't like the dark stuff or you don't like this. Uh, which, you know, is a way of signaling to, to the audience their, or creating for the audience a bit of their experience. When the audience might just not have laughed or maybe they were distracted by a, you know something in the room bombing the best way i think is what i'm doing like what i'm trying to do right now take a deep breath and just sit in it and vow to myself i'm never going to and it's not about you and the candor that we have but out of really respect for both of us, respect for you and respect for me, I'm never going to acknowledge if I don't think the podcast is up to my standards. And I do have standards, believe it or not. <laughs> I do want you to be entertained. I pride myself on the fact that when I look at those statistics, it shows that listenership grows and it shows that people listen the whole time which confirms or suggests, not confirms, suggests to me, 
I don't need to scramble around and talk about being a pitcher who doesn't have his best stuff. Even though that's, I think, a good analogy for life. Your best days are not going, every day is not going to be your best day. And you need to get through it when you don't have your A game. And that's why I said the manager looking over me, like, you got this? I'm like, I got this, Skip. Or if I were a firefighter, I'd say, hey, cap, I got this, cap. Out of respect for you and out of respect for me, I'm not going to, I'm just going to slow down and settle into the bomb like I'm doing now, like I keep telling you I'm doing. But I'm, I'm also telling myself that's what's happening right now. When I say respect for you, I mean you are not all the same. I know that there are people listening to this podcast who are wholly different individuals from others who are listening to the podcast. And it is hyper disrespectful for me, at the risk of being too self-conscious here, to tell you what's happening, to narrate your experience for you when that's not necessarily your experience. Person A might say, yeah, I did your fucking bombing. Person B might say, hey, that's interesting talking about that show Yellowstone. So out of respect for you, I'm not going to create your experience like the host did when she said at that show one time and you can find it on the podcast episode. I know because it's very highly listened to. Do I know the name? It's one of the more popular podcast episodes called high horse the host after my set went up and said i apologize on behalf of joe she created the audience experience right for them that's disrespectful it came from a good place right she was trying to censor me (laughs) she was trying to silence my white voice um it came from a good place it was clumsily handled and she's not she's like a she's like one of those i'm not i'm not trying to throw uh, dirt on her grave she's like one of those people who does comedy they're like not a stand-up necessarily i think comedy is adjacent to many of their other pursuits in any case the best comics don't run shows is really what it comes down to the best comics do stand-up comedy i think neil brennan in the comedy store documentary which i encourage anybody who's interested in stand-up comedy to watch said the best comics are the ones that write the best jokes or write the most jokes they do comedy they do it all the time and leno's in there like hey what you do you take your act you work on your act you go do your act and you go home and you work on your act that sound like jay leno does anybody under the age of 35 know who jay leno is It's disrespectful for you to create the experience. It's also disrespectful of me because what it does is not only, well, how how it's disrespectful of me is it signals low value, like a free goddamn comedy show (laughs) happening this Saturday in San Diego. This Saturday night, I'm doing a show at, at some brewery in Mission Valley. The breweries, we're getting very loose with the language of what we call a brewery. I, like many of you, when you think brewery, you think Laverne and Shirley. (laughs) 
right? No, you, these places are not like that. Some of these places feel like a guy with a wheelbarrow out back and, uh, you know, some fire and yeast. Alas, there are a lot of breweries in San Diego County and Keani, and I'm doing a comedy show at one of them on Saturday. And you know what? It's free. Go figure. There's no value to it. No value assigned to it. I'm thrilled that I'm going to be giving away. <laughs> this is what's so crazy about it. You hear how much I tweak out and think about and investigate my own act, talk about bits, try different things out, circle back on what's important, underline things that I feel like are pop, big pops. That's, that's all I want. I don't want lots of, <laughs> I want, we talk about decibels. I want, and most good comics do. They want it loud, huge, holy shit. And then the next person who comes on stage is going to be hard pressed to say the Uber driver had acne. You know, it's not about the other person that follows you. But you hear about how much I obsess about stand up on this show. And I'm going to go fr Saturday night, do 10 minutes or something. And for free. <laughs> Isn't that wild? For nothing. In any case, I'm thrilled and then the guy who's never seen me do stand-up comedy, I'm thrilled that he that somebody else's word was good enough to get me on the show. And I'm thrilled that he said, hey, can you also do a show some other day? Like next Wednesday, I'm doing a show. So I have two shows on the books, three shows if you count the Ian Bag show the night before Thanksgiving. If I sit in this podcast and tell you how I don't have my best stuff and I don't just settle into the bomb and try to talk through it, not... It's disrespectful of me because it automatically lowers the value of what I'm saying, not because I'm explaining your experience to you, but because I'm signaling that what I'm saying has zero value. And that's, con that, and that's consistent with creating an experience for you. It's, it's telling you if I'm the best judge of what I have inside me. And think about this in a relationship. Think about this at work, or a work relationship, or your relationship with work. If you work for X number of dollars, if you put up with this bullshit in a relationship, you're telling your employer, you're telling your partner, this is what, this is where I value myself, and I'm the best judge of my own value, so you might as well value me here as well which is going to then engender or drive treatment of you commensurate with that value. Does that make sense? If you tell someone, I'm a four, if you create, if you, if you say, I'm a four, this podcast is a four, my work product is a four, is a four. my relationship, uh, my value in this relationship, hypothetically here, is a four, People are going to treat you like a four. And you can't do that on stage because if you tell people you're a four, they're going to pull out their phones, start murmuring, and then ultimately leave. Similarly, if I'm so intent on 
maintaining my beloved consistency of listenership, people listening to the whole 45 minutes, I'm not going to tell you it's time to bail. I need to keep you with me. And you might say, or I could say, well, I'm not giving them anything all that incredibly interesting. But that's not for me to say. I'm giving you me. <laughs> that kind of sounds like I'm justifying my bomb. And I, I kind of am. I'm sitting in it, thinking about it. I'm trying to be 100% present. If I say to you, this is a four in the podcast, you're going to tune out. I don't want to, out of respect for you, I don't want to create your own experience, create your experience for you. And out of respect for me, I'm not a four. I'm a nine. I know that end up with a nine. I'm saying there's a normal curve over that. Sometimes you're going to get sevens or eights. Other times you're going to get tens or things that are pushing to try to get outside of the distribution, even though it's impossible to go above a 10 in this situation. But I'm not going to tell you I'm a four. That, that debases me. Would Prince ever tell you he's a four? No. Would uh, LeVar Walker bomb for 20 minutes or not bomb for 20 minutes like I may or may not be doing and then tell you that uh, the value of this is a four? Hell no. And I think the moral of the story here is Moral of the story, it's not a moral. What can you take away from it? I'm not going to tell you what to take away from it other than what you tell the world, what you tell the market, and I mean the market of relationships, jobs, stand-up comedy, whatever you tell the market your value is, is exactly how the market will treat you. I believe that 100%. If you say I'm a four, you're going to get four treatment. If you say I'm worth this, you're going to get um, that treatment. Something to think about. My audience, my stand, my uh, podcast audience, I'm a nine. And I appreciate you sticking with me. Did I bomb or did I not? That's not for me to say. Because you know what? I didn't bomb. It's 42 minutes just like that of the podcast. respectful of you respect out of respect for you and out of respect for me doesn't what else do we have other than that in this relationship i will find the name of the place in mission valley if you're in san diego if you're in southern california if you're on the west coast I'll also, I have a, a flyer that I can put on. I'll put on uh, Instagram for you to check out for this show coming up um, on Saturday night. And if you want to talk about Yellowstone, you can write in the podcast and, I'll, and I'll, I'll answer your question. As ever, if you have any questions, write in the podcast. Hey, I think this, what do you think? Write in. I, I can talk about it. But the Yellowstone thing that led me to this cathartic, blissful place of equilibrium over the last 20 minutes or whatever is me talking through uh, Yellowstone and realizing I don't have much of a I don't care a whole lot about it 
unless you want to talk about it. I have like curiosities about it, but I'm. It's not going to be any good use of my time to research the source material of Yellowstone and find out the development of the show, unless you want to do that. If you want to do that and then talk about it, you know where to find me. Yes, Joe Smith at gmail.com. I respect you and I appreciate listening to the podcast and I will talk to you on Friday.